What could be lethal about a little bit of candy and cake? Just ask siblings Hansel and Gretel, or better yet, ask the cannibalistic witch they're tasked with outwitting. If you enjoy these two episodes about the Brothers Grimm classic and want to hear more like it, be sure to follow the podcast Tales. Every Wednesday, hear a fresh but dark take on your favorite pieces of folklore. Listen to Tales free on Spotify. For the first time in two years, Walter took solace in the rain. The downpour had not stopped in all that time. The crops had failed. Rows of rotten wheat lined his garden. But today, starving and weak, he was thankful for the rain. Without it, his children would see him crying. Walter dug a small plot behind the garden. It had been his wife Heidi's favorite spot. The famine had been hard on everyone throughout the country, but particularly hard on the poor. Heidi had refused to eat more than the smallest crust of bread, insisting that Walter divide her portion between the children. That selflessness had led to her death. Sweat dripped from Walter's brow, mixing with the cool rain and turning into steam. He was pleased with the spot he'd chosen— Heidi would like this very much, he thought, wiping the mud and tears from his cheeks. He turned back toward the door. His two children stood there, silently watching. Walter knew he wasn't capable of raising two kids on his own. He hoped he could find a new wife to help. He had heard of fathers abandoning their children in the woods after the mother died. But Walter could never abandon... Hansel and Gretel. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You're listening to Tales, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Wednesday, we dive into the dark origins of another fairy tale. You can find all episodes of Tales and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we begin our retelling of the Brothers Grimm classic, Hansel and Gretel, about two abandoned children who find salvation and damnation in a house made of sweets. The tales on this podcast are dark, sometimes scary, and full of adult themes. As a warning, the original story of Hansel and Gretel features child abandonment, imprisonment, and death. Please exercise caution for children under 13. Coming up, Walter and his new wife face an old dilemma. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Hansel and Gretel was a European folktale from the oral tradition, first published by the Brothers Grimm in 1812. 
Wilhelm and Jacob Grimm were the forefathers of the modern fairy tale movement, alongside storytellers like Basile and Perrault. They saw their collections as a way of preserving German culture. They invited people from across the countryside into their living room to retell the folk tales of their childhood. They called their collection Children's and Household Tales, and from the very first edition, Hansel and Gretel was a standout hit. The dark tale of child abandonment struck a chord with the German people and later the world. Set against the backdrop of a famine, a father is left with a difficult choice, sacrifice his children or die himself. As harrowing as it is, the folktale is grounded in real history. Throughout the Middle Ages, famines weren't uncommon in Central Europe, and with a large portion of the population relying on subsistence farming for survival, such famines could wreak havoc on the general public. Supplies would quickly dry up, which caused the price of food to skyrocket. For instance, during the Great Famine of 1315 to 1317, the price of wheat rose more than 300% in eight months. Crops drowned in the constant rain, rotting in the fields. And in the Middle Ages, the lack of family planning and birth control left families with a difficult choice. Abandon their children and hope they can fend for themselves or all die together. Walter walked back from the heart of the Black Forest, his axe slung over his shoulder and his eyes locked on the smoke billowing out from his chimney. He was almost home. After six months without Heidi, he was beginning to get used to her not being there to welcome him. If Heidi only could have made it another couple of years... Walter thought she was the kindest person he had ever known, graceful and caring, a perfect mother. If Walter had his way, he would have mourned her forever. But that wasn't an option for the woodsman. He needed someone at home to help with Hansel and Gretel. While Hansel was almost old enough to chop wood with him, Gretel was a different story. She had taken her mother's death especially hard, though resourceful and sharp, Gretel was also quiet and skittish, traits that only became more pronounced after Heidi's death. Walter stopped in front of his doorway and dried his tears. It seemed pointless since he was soaked to the bone, but the ritual cleared his mind. He took a deep breath and opened his door. As soon as he stepped inside, he could feel the warmth of the fire. His eyes lit up at the sight before him, their dinner was already set out, a slice of bread and a meager helping of beans each. But the dinner wasn't his focus. It was his family, all together gathered around the table waiting for him. His son, Hansel, his daughter, Gretel, and his new wife, Karina. Karina hadn't taken to motherhood like Heidi. She hadn't hidden that she saw the children as an unneeded burden during a famine. But she had good qualities. She was smart, an excellent hunter, and made a wonderful rye loaf. Walter knew she would warm up to the children. They just had to get through this famine. The hunger had put a strain on them all. Walter went around the table, kissing each child on the head. Look at my beautiful children. Thank you for waiting. Hansel waved to his father as he passed by. I almost caught a rabbit today, but it escaped. Walter laughed. I'm certain you'll get it next time. 
He took a seat next to his wife and gave her a quick kiss. She forced a smile. One day, little Hansel will listen to me when I tell him how to make a proper trap. Walter took his wife's hand. He's just a boy, my dear. He'll get there. He could feel her tension. He knew how rare it was to see a rabbit anymore, especially one that wasn't diseased. The famine had been just as hard on wildlife. Gretel sat quietly off to the side, staring down at the beans and bread in front of her. Walter leaned over and said, You can eat now, my love. Gretel licked her lips and scooped up the beans. Hansel and Karina did the same. But Walter sat back and took in the scene. The famine had wiped out entire villages. It had made every scrap of food more precious than gold. But tonight, Walter wanted to focus on the things the famine had not taken from him. He had two wonderful children and a beautiful wife. He was a lucky man. After dinner, Walter put Hansel and Gretel in bed. He came out of the children's room to find Karina sitting by the fire, tears rolling down her cheeks. His heart sank. Walter moved across the room and sat down next to Karina on the hearth. Something was wrong. He reached for her hand, but she refused to give it to him. She appeared to be holding something. He stared down at her clenched fist. What is in your hand, my love? Karina wiped away a tear from her eyes and opened her fingers. It was a clump of her hair. Walter reached out and hugged his new wife, squeezing her tightly. I will help Hansel with the traps before I go out tomorrow. You get some rest. You're worrying too much. Karina pulled away from her husband's grasp. Her eyes were sharp as she glared at him. She whispered, I'm worrying too much? I lost a tooth yesterday. Tonight was the last of our beans. That rabbit was our only hope. There will be other rabbits, Walter insisted. Karina shook her head. You don't know that. What will we do if the traps stay empty? Walter didn't have an answer. He had never lived through a famine before. He stared into the fire, feeling like a failure. Karina whispered, I hate to even speak it, but the time has come. At this point, the children would be better off on their own. Walter couldn't believe it. This wasn't the first time Karina had suggested abandoning the children, but he thought he'd put an end to such talk. He jumped to his feet. He wanted to scream, but he steadied his breathing and replied, No, I've already told you no. They won't survive out there. Karina played with the hair in her hand. Walter couldn't tell if she was calm or simply didn't have the energy to fight. She looked up. If they stay here, we won't survive. The flower is almost gone. We ran out of salt a week ago. I know you have already lost so much, but if we don't do this, you will soon find yourself burying another wife, and then you will bury your children." Walter felt lightheaded. Unsteady, he sank to the floor and clasped his head in his hands. It was unthinkable. He tried to make any justification to keep them home. They know the woods too well. It doesn't matter where we leave them. They will make their way back. Karina wrapped her arm around his. Walter finally looked up. 
His wife's face was sunken and sallow. Up close, he could see the bald patch where her hair was falling out. She spoke steadily. I know. We will have to take them deep into the woods, deeper than they've ever been. We'll leave them with a fire and a loaf of bread. They have just as much of a chance of surviving out there as they do here. Walter hated the thought of it, but she was right. The four of them would never survive together. There might even be a chance, however slim, that the children would fare better on their own. Walter nodded. We'll do it tomorrow. From the other side of the door, Hansel sat up with Gretel, their ears pressed against the cracks. They had heard every word. Gretel's panic was obvious. She sucked the air in and out of her chest, eyes wide. Hansel wrapped his arm around her like the good big brother that he was. Shh, don't worry. We'll be fine. He squeezed his sister against his chest, doing his best to steady her shaking body. He was terrified as well. He didn't want to be left in the woods any more than she did, but he couldn't show that right now. Gretel spoke into her brother's chest between sobs. We will die, brother. Papa is going to leave us. Hansel's nightshirt turned wet with Gretel's tears. He lifted her chin and held her tiny face in his hands. Hansel nodded. I already have a plan, sister. Trust me. Gretel sniffed and smiled. Hansel walked his sister back toward her bed and tucked her back in. As soon as she was asleep, Hansel's body began to shake. He felt lightheaded, slick with a cold sweat. He rushed to the window and threw it open. It was Hansel's turn to gasp for air. For the first time in his life, he had lied to his sister. He had no plan. He would have to think of something fast. Their lives depended on it. Coming up, Hansel and Gretel face the Black Forest alone. Now back to the story. Hansel stared out the open window, trying to steady his breathing. Papa would never do this if it wasn't for Karina, Hansel thought. He knew his stepmother didn't care for him or Gretel, but this was the first time he had overheard her mentioning abandoning them. Hansel couldn't catch his breath, not without disturbing his sister. He climbed out the window and into the garden behind the house. Hansel's bare feet landed in the wet grass. He wiggled his toes in the lawn. The sensation comforted the small child. Desperate for inspiration, Hansel wandered through the rows of rotted wheat. The cool night stroll would at least calm him down. It was a lovely night. The rain had momentarily stopped, and a full moon hung overhead in a field of stars. But the sky wasn't the only thing that sparkled in the night. Hansel crept toward the back of the garden. Near his mother's plot, the ground was littered with small, white stones. They shined like diamonds, reflecting the moonlight. Hansel leaned down and picked one up. He had never noticed these stones before. He dropped it softly into the garden. Despite the drooping wheat blocking the light, the stone still sparkled clearly. A smile spread across the boy's face. He used the hem of his shirt as a makeshift sack, filling it with the shiny stones. 
Hansel awoke with a start the next morning to find his stepmother leaning over his bed. Karina's voice was syrupy sweet. Get dressed, little Hansel. We're all going out with your father today. He needs our help carrying back the wood. He had never heard Karina attempt to sound sweet or caring before. The words sounded so foreign coming out of her mouth, Hansel couldn't tell if it was part of the act or if she felt guilty about what she was about to do. But she really did sound loving. For a brief moment, she reminded him of his mother. Karina handed him half a loaf of bread and said, Don't eat that until tonight. That is the only food you'll get today. She smiled and backed out of the room, leaving the door wide open. Hansel looked at his sister's bed. Gretel sat straight up, her eyes wide as she looked expectantly toward her big brother. She had the other half of the loaf in her hands. Hansel and Gretel quickly dressed. With his back toward the door, Hansel slipped his little sister his portion of bread. Put this in your apron. I need my pockets for something else. He gave his little sister a wink. I told you, I have a plan. Her eyes brightened ever so slightly. She shoved the bread into her apron, positioning her body to shield her brother. Karina called out as sweetly as before, Hurry up, little ones! Hansel pulled handful after handful of shiny white rocks out from under his bed and stuffed them into his pockets. He held his finger to his lips and whispered to his sister, Shh, don't say a word. Gretel nodded. The siblings headed for the door together. Though the clouds were heavy and hung low overhead, the rain held off. Walter and Karina led the children along the path, with Gretel behind them and Hansel purposefully bringing up the rear. Hansel stopped and turned his back toward the others. They were almost out of sight of the house. He could just see the top of the chimney poking out from above the tree line. Hansel quietly dropped one of the shiny rocks from his pocket onto the ground. If he could get back to this spot, he knew he could make it home. Karina shouted from the front, What are you doing back there, Hansel? There's a little white cat on our roof, said Hansel quickly. He tucked the other stones into his pocket and turned back toward the group. Karina's eyes narrowed. There are no more cats, Hansel. They've been eaten or ran off. What are you doing back there anyway? Hansel shrugged and skipped ahead, trying to look as carefree as possible. They walked for hours on end. Every 300 steps, Hansel snuck a rock from his pocket and dropped it along the path. Every time they passed a fork in the trail, he dropped a rock. He left nothing to chance. He had promised Gretel he would take care of them. He was going to get them back home. But Hansel had never seen this section of the forest before. The woods were thick and overgrown. The trail dwindled to little more than a small patch of dirt between wild blackberry bushes. He couldn't see the sun above them, but he knew it had to be well past midday. Suddenly, up ahead, Walter stopped. He stood in the middle of a small clearing, no more than the size of their room. The path was blocked by the jagged trunk of an oak tree that had been struck by lightning. Hansel could see his father's lip quiver as he spoke. We're here, children. Rest here on the log. I'll get a fire going. 
Once I've chopped enough wood for the day, I'll call for you to help carry it back. Walter gathered tinder and dry moss to make a fire. Hansel didn't say a word. He didn't want to let on that he knew what was going on. He only had a couple of rocks left and couldn't afford to go much deeper into the woods. Hansel sat on the log, carefully minding everything his father said. Gretel's leg shook beside him, rattling the log back and forth. Hansel leaned over. Settle down, sister. My plan is working. With the fire roaring, Walter slung the axe up to his shoulder. Stay here and rest. I'll call for you soon enough. Hansel nodded, but didn't say another word. Karina took her husband's arm. Let's go, Walter. But the father kept his eyes on Hansel and Gretel. Gretel suddenly jumped up and called, I love you, Papa. Hansel winced, certain that she had given them away. But Walter merely waved and called back, I love you too. Then he turned and followed Karina into the black forest. As soon as the adults were out of sight, Gretel turned to her brother. Can we go back now? Hansel shook his head. They might come back and check on us. We must stay here until we're sure they've gone home. Gretel bit her lip. How will we know when they've gone back? In the distance, Hansel could hear the distinct sound of an axe chopping into a tree. He raised a hand to his ear. Listen, sister, do you hear that? Papa is chopping wood. As long as we can hear that sound, we know they're still near. As soon as it stops, we will go back. Gretel smiled up at him. He wasn't going to let her down. Hansel pointed to Gretel's apron. Let's have some bread. It'll be a long walk home. We'll need our energy. Gretel pulled out one of the half loaves. She tore off a piece for herself and one for Hansel. They ate, listening carefully to the distant sound of Walter chopping away. The fire was so warm and the bread was so comforting, Hansel could feel his eyelids getting heavier. Hansel awoke with a start. He hadn't planned on falling asleep. The fire was barely more than embers now, and the forest around them was growing darker by the second. But Hansel could still hear his father chopping away at the tree in the distance. Papa never works this late, he thought. He carefully nudged his sister awake. Gretel rubbed the sleep from her eyes. Is it time to go home? Hansel stood and pulled Gretel to her feet. Papa is still chopping wood. Maybe they changed their mind. Gretel's eyes lit up. I hear it. I knew he wouldn't leave us. The thought warmed Hansel more than the fire ever could. Hansel helped his sister over the fallen log. As soon as they were on the other side, he took off running toward the sound. Hansel had a head start, but she caught up to him within moments. Despite her tiny legs, she could run like the wind. The sound got louder and louder as they got closer to the spot where their father had been chopping wood. Hansel slammed to a stop. He didn't move. He rested his hands on his hips as he scanned the trees. The sound was so close, he should be able to see his father by now. But his father was nowhere to be seen. Gretel appeared next to her brother and leaned against his shoulder. Where's Papa? Papa? Hansel didn't have an answer. 
he began to panic. Papa? But there was no answer. He tried again, and again there was no answer. Hansel looked to his sister. Gretel was staring at something above him. She didn't say a word, just pointed a finger toward the sky. Directly above them, a huge dead branch waved in the wind. With each steady gust, it smacked into the trunk of an adjacent tree, creating a sound like an axe chopping wood. The truth sank in. They had wasted all afternoon. The sun had set now, and the moon was just coming out. The children stood underneath a dying tree, all alone. Hansel felt anxiety grip his chest. He hoped that his stones shined as brightly tonight as they did when he picked them. Gretel turned back. I'm ready to go home now. Hansel turned as well, but he didn't take a step. After running off the path, he didn't know which way was home. For the first time today, Hansel wasn't sure he would be able to get them back. Coming up, Hansel and Gretel attempt to find their way home. Now back to our story. Hansel stood, frozen in fear, his heart pounding in his chest. He had led his sister off the path looking for their father. His stone markers would be worthless if he couldn't find the path. His plan was falling apart. Gretel looked back to her big brother. Was this the way back? Hansel closed his eyes. He took a deep breath to calm himself. He needed to focus and think about which way they came. Hansel sniffed the air. There was a distinct smell floating about. It was the smell of smoke. The embers of the fire were still burning. The thought washed away his fear. He had always had a wonderful sense of smell. In the past, its best use was letting him know when pies were cooling by the oven. Today, it was going to save their lives. Hansel led the way, the moonlight providing more than enough light for them to navigate the dense underbrush. Finally, he saw the warm, orange glow of the fire up ahead. Hansel took Gretel's hand, and together they ran the rest of the way to the fire. When they reached it, he breathed a sigh of relief. He hadn't led them astray after all. He kicked dirt over the remaining embers, snuffing them out, just as his father had taught him. Gretel wrapped her arms around her brother. Now what? How do we get home in the dark? Hansel pointed into the darkness. Let your eyes adjust to the moonlight, little sister. She leaned forward, squinting into the darkness. Suddenly, she gasped. Something's glowing! Hansel pulled his sister forward, his eyes locked on the tiny speck of white light. He picked it up and placed it in his sister's hands. They'll lead us right to our front door, he said, feeling once again like a good big brother. The two siblings turned the corner of the trail. The path looked like a night sky, dotted with lights guiding their way back home. His plan had worked perfectly. As dawn broke, it looked like they were going to get back-to-back days without rain. Hansel couldn't remember the last time that had happened. His legs were tired, so he knew his sister had to be as well, but she didn't complain. 
The forest began to look more and more familiar. Hansel lifted his eyes from the stones and spotted the chimney peeking out from above the trees. He breathed a sigh of relief. They were home. Gretel saw the chimney a moment later. She shrieked with joy and started to run. Hansel chased after her, and a moment later, the pair emerged from the woods. Exhausted as they were, the children didn't stop until they were standing on their doorstep. Hansel beat on the door, loud enough to wake the dead. He could hear someone moving inside. He kept his fingers crossed that it would be his father and not their stepmother. The door flew open. It was his father. Walter's jaw dropped as soon as he saw his children. He fell to his knees and held out his hands. Children, you've come home! Gretel and Hansel rushed into his arms, happy to be home. Hansel knew his father would be happy to see them. But behind their father, Hansel could see Karina wasn't nearly as excited about their unexpected reunion. She scowled and said, We were worried sick about you two. How dare you stay out all night and keep us up fretting? Hurry, get inside. Hansel stared at his stepmother. Her red face betrayed her surprise. The two locked eyes and neither one budged. He smiled at her as if to say, I know. Karina nodded. For once, the two understood each other. Walter let his children inside and gave them each a slice of bread. Hansel and Gretel were so famished from walking, they nearly swallowed the food whole. Walter took the children to their room and tucked them both in. You two have been through enough. No chores for you today. Lie down and get some rest. Hansel's eyes shut as soon as his head hit the pillow. Happy to be home and alive, he quickly went to sleep. Hansel faded in and out of consciousness all afternoon, never quite having enough energy to wake himself up. But in this semi-conscious state, he caught bits and pieces of an argument. He could hear his father shouting, I won't do it again. It is better to share our last crumb with our children. Hansel drifted back to sleep as softly as he woke up. A small smile spread across his face. Father won't abandon us again, he thought. Hansel felt his bed shift. He opened his eyes, surprised to once again see Karina looming over him. It wasn't even daylight yet. She dropped a slice of bread onto his chest. Get up, she snapped. Your father's not well today. We're going to go chop wood in his place. He rolled onto his side, limbs still aching. The long walk from the day before had worn him down more than he thought. On the other side of the room, Gretel was already up and dressed. She clutched her own meager slice of bread. Hansel shot out of bed, eyes widening in terror as he realized what was happening. Karina was going to try to abandon him again, and this time he hadn't collected any stones to leave a path. I just need to go to the garden, he said, darting for the open window. Karina blocked his path. She glowered down at him, Walter's axe resting on her shoulder. Stop wasting time. We're going now. Karina rushed them out of the house before they could disturb Walter. 
Hansel suspected that his father's sudden illness was nothing more than a ruse. He couldn't have known what his new wife was up to. But while their father recovered in his bed, Karina led them along the path into the woods. Hansel once again fell to the back of the pack. He whispered to his sister, Stay right in front of me. Don't let her see what I'm doing. Gretel nodded. Hansel reached his hand into his pocket and tore off a tiny piece of bread. He casually dropped it behind him. He gave a quick look back. The bread landed just off the path. If you weren't looking for it, it would be easy to miss. He quickly turned back, following right behind Gretel. Hansel began counting his steps. One, two, three. He would drop the bread the same as he did the stones, one piece for every 300 steps. He hoped they would have enough bread to get them home. By mid-morning, they had already passed the fallen log and the snuffed-out fire of two nights ago. By noon, Hansel couldn't tell if they were still in the black forest or not. The trees were different. The air didn't smell the same. Even the squirrels looked odd. Karina rarely turned to check on the children. The only time she spoke was to tell them to pick up the pace, but Hansel could see that her eyes were hollow and empty. She looked desperate, like she was capable of anything. It sent a chill down his spine. They continued until sunset, when finally Karina stopped. She turned back, the axe still resting on her shoulder, Stay right here, children. I'm going to go chop some wood. I'll come back and fetch you. I promise. Karina walked around the children, back down the path toward home. She walked backward with her crazed eyes locked on the two of them. As soon as she was out of sight, Gretel whispered, Let's go. We'll never get back if we don't leave now. But Hansel was more concerned about his stepmother. He responded, What if Karina is hiding? She's got father's axe, and she looks mad. She'll kill us if we give her a reason. We'll wait until we're sure she's gone, like last time. Hansel made a small fire for him and his sister. He could feel Karina watching them from the darkness. Or at least it felt like someone was watching them. Maybe it was the unfamiliar woods, but something wasn't right about the forest. Gretel leaned her head onto Hansel's shoulders, but Hansel couldn't sleep. His eyes darted around the trees, searching for any sign of Karina. Dusk fell, and the forest slowly sank into darkness. Karina had to go back by now. She wouldn't risk getting lost herself, Hansel thought. Gretel stirred to life. She stretched out her arms. Is it time to go home? Hansel nodded. His heart burned with anger. Papa will throw Karina out the moment I tell him what she did to us. He pulled his sister to her feet and extinguished the fire. Hansel led Gretel toward the path as the last glimmer of sunlight faded away. A flock of crows circled overhead. He thought it was odd that so many crows were out at night. They usually disappeared when the sun went down. Hansel counted off his steps as he walked. 297, 298, 299. 
He spotted the piece of bread up ahead on the path, but before he could even point it out to Gretel, a fat black crow flew down and snapped it up in its beak. Hansel stared, aghast. The trail was lined with these birds. He grabbed Gretel's hand and pulled her ahead. Three hundred steps later, he found more of the birds, but not a breadcrumb to be found. Three hundred steps after that, there was nothing but darkness. Hansel came to a stop as Gretel caught up with him. He began to shake. The night had settled in, and there was no path to lead them back home. For the first time in his life, he had failed his sister. Hansel and Gretel were lost. Thanks for listening to Tales. We'll be back next Wednesday with the conclusion to Hansel and Gretel. You can find more episodes of Tales and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Join me next week for the conclusion to our tale. Tales is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Nick Johnson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Tales was written by Jesse Harris, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerline, and research by Mickey Taylor. I'm Vanessa Richardson.